The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Hey, Congress, welcome back from your summer vacation. Did you enjoy it? Hope you did, because now you have to reauthorize the FAA, fund the government, raise the debt ceiling, and allocate money for victims of Hurricane Harvey, all before the end of this month. Today on Parts Per Billion, we tell you what to expect on Capitol Hill for what will likely be a wild September. Hello out there and welcome once again to another episode of Parts Per Billion, Bloomberg BNA's environmental policy podcast. I'm your host, David Schultz. Though there was some talk that they might not, this year Congress, as usual, took almost all of August off and headed back home. Today, that month-long vacation comes to a close as lawmakers from across the country return to Washington to resume work. And man, do they have a lot of work. The 2017 fiscal year ends on September 30th. And that's also when the authorization of the Federal Aviation Administration expires and funding for the entire federal government stops. September 30th is also around the time that the U.S. will reach its limit on the amount of money that it can borrow. And there's also the matter of allocating disaster relief money for Texas as it recovers from Hurricane Harvey. That's four things that need Congress's immediate attention, or another way to look at it, potentially four pieces of legislation that are absolutely, positively, must pass before the end of this month. And if you're a loyal listener to Parts Per Billion, you know what that means, environmental riders. Anytime a piece of legislation is designated as must pass, you know lawmakers are gonna try to tack on all kinds of stuff to it. Because if the train's definitely leaving the station, you better make sure you're on it. And speaking of trains, we decided to head to Capitol Hill to speak with Bloomberg BNA's Brian Dabbs and Dean Scott about what we can expect when lawmakers return. What does it have to do with trains? Well, we decided to meet up right in front of the underground subway that takes senators from their office buildings into the Capitol for votes. This area is a popular spot for journalists, like the three of us, to wait for lawmakers as they exit the trains. But when we went to the Hill last week, while everyone was still on vacation, the place was pretty dead. This is where a swarm of reporters on any given day will accost lawmakers. Um, pepper them with questions. But I don't see any swarms. Where are the, where are the swarms? They'll all be here on Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, so that's when they get back. That's when they all come back. We'll be getting a lot of questions and we'll be most, you know, mostly focusing on appropes and environment and energy issues. So you mentioned uh, uh, appropriations. Uh, that's the one big thing that, that is going to be coming up. It's a, the bill that uh, the Congress has to pass to be able to fund the government beyond September 30th. There's also the debt ceiling that has to be raised or else the U.S. defaults on its debt. Whenever you talk about must-pass legislation, there's always the possibility there's going to be some riders uh, attached to that. Will there be any riders that affect uh, the environment or energy issues that we cover? Well, the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of these we always say must-pass, and these are like must-must-pass in a sense because the debt ceiling is, is vital. There's always been talk about particularly from Republicans, to try to put uh, restrictions or environmental policy riders, energy policy riders. This time around, what's going to be really interesting, that's different from past years, we've had past years where we've had tough debt ceiling uh, battles, 
uh, to get that li limit raised. We've had year, many, many years of continuing resolutions to keep the government open. What's interesting this year is they're both happening at the same time. They're all, they're all going to need progress in September. And we have the Harvey storm, and there's going to be a big push to get that disaster aid moving. So that's going to mean, in my estimation, uh, if you want policy riders and you think you have a good shot at getting those attached, I think it's going to make it a little more difficult to argue that that's important, given that we have a debt ceiling decision and disaster aid has to move forward and we don't want the government to close down. At least that's what most people don't want. See, that's interesting because I would think the opposite would be true, that because this is not just must pass, but must must pass, that it would be easier to get riders on because, you know, there's no way they, they don't want any, uh, you know, they don't want anything to, to impede these bills. That's almost, you know, and, and that's an interesting um, counterpoint, I think, and, and one thing that might be in, the, in your favor in making that argument is, is we don't know what President Trump's position will be. That will be the wild card. Does he want to have border wall money in, in, in a bill, right? So that's going to be tricky. The problem is we have this history of these battles coming down to sort of a midnight deadline for any one of these issues, uh, continuing resolutions, debt ceiling, and in the end you have to get Democrats. And if you want to get Democrats, they're, you know, they, may, they may let slip a modest environmental restriction or something like that, but they're, they don't have a great incentive to give uh, a lot of way in that negotiation, in part because Republicans always get blamed for shutting the government down. Um, they hate to hear that, but that's just been the, the way that has been read by the public. And so, in the end, uh, I, I think the money is still probably on getting, you know, a continuing resolution and, and uh, a vote on the debt ceiling, but we'll see. So in, in addition to the uh, appropriations bill and the debt ceiling bill, there's also some other measures that, that are going to need to pass, and they could have riders as well. Can you talk about those, Brian? Uh, exactly, David. And it's, it would be hard to overestimate uh, how packed of a legislative calendar this will be and how much of a frenzy the atmosphere uh, on Capitol Hill will be over the course of the next 30 days. Um, September 30th, the deadline for approving funding legislation uh, is also the deadline for a number of other authorizations for Federal Aviation Administration, CHIP, uh, Children's Health Insurance. There's also flood insurance that needs to be uh, extended, reauthorized. Uh, and that's going to have a lot more prominence after the storm in, in Texas. Indeed. Um, and then tax reform. And that can loop in a number of uh, energy-related uh, measures, carbon sequestration, tax credit, uh, the expansion and, and uh, extension of that, the uh, revival of tax credits for renewable energy, known as the orphan credits, so that's wind, uh, geothermal, and a number of other uh, clean energy technologies, uh, as well as a nuclear production tax credit. And, you know, Democrats are, are, are going to push a, a kind of overhaul of the, of the energy tax code to incentivize uh, clean energy, whether or not they'll be brought into negotiations over tax reform is, is so far unknown. That's a good point, though, that there's going to be some significant, you know, environmental implications to the tax reform bill, which I, I think a lot of people aren't talking about. I wanted to also talk about the energy bill. Uh, in the last session of Congress, uh, they came really, really close to passing a big energy bill, about pretty much as close as you can, can possibly come. They uh, passed it out of both chambers and it went to conference, but couldn't get a conference. Uh, what's happening in this session? Do you think that this is the the year when something will happen or uh, are the prospects not looking good? 
So there's very little enthusiasm um, revolving around a another comprehensive uh, package, which the uh, Senate unf- unfurled about two months ago. But it received overwhelming support, bipartisan support. I think there was only a few defections uh, last Congress in the Senate. So the likelihood that the bill would pass if it comes to a uh, to a to a vote is almost guaranteed. But again, uh, whether or not leadership takes the initiative to, to put it on the uh, the floor agenda, of course, floor time, as we've as we've been spelling out in, in great detail, there's a lot of legislative items that that need to hit the Senate floor. And they got it sounds like they got burned last year. And in and, and, and in the in the waning days of of uh, the 114th Congress, uh, bicameral cross capital negotiations over over large scale uh, energy legislation. Um, faltered, collapsed, and, and there was a lot of muscle, a lot of sweat, um, which was ultimately in vain. The House is, is taking a revamped approach towards energy legislation. Uh, revamped how? So last Congress, they, they also uh, unveiled a, a, a comprehensive package. It was one of the first bills that they, um, that they introduced and, and passed um, in, early, uh, in early 2015. Uh, made it through the chamber on a, on a very partisan basis. Uh, Republicans basically lockstep and Democrats uh, lockstep in, in opposition. So this Congress, uh, the House is going about ed- energy legislation in a far more piecemeal fashion. Um, the Energy and Commerce Committee has been very active and they passed a number of, of bills um, that are incredibly important for uh, the energy and environment world. Uh, but not one big bill. Not one big bill. So is that all Congress has on its plate now? Actually, no. There's also the matter of all the vacancies in the Trump administration. And we'll get to that in a second. But first, we wanted to remind you about this thing we've been doing here at Parts Rebellion. We started our own hashtag that you can use if you want to talk to us on Twitter. That hashtag is parts per B. So don't forget to tag your tweets with hashtag parts per B. And we'll see them and we'll respond. And then you respond back and you know, you know how it goes. So uh, hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag #ParsPerB. And we're back. Capitol Hill chatting with Bloomberg BNA's Dean Scott and Brian Dabbs about some of the environmental issues that may come up as Congress returns to Washington this week. Dean said even though the Trump administration has now been in existence for almost eight months, there are still a ton of key environmental positions in the federal government that remain vacant. We're really going to be looking at a situation where we're trying to get, this administration is trying to get its nominations at EPA and some of these agencies through. It's been written about a lot about how far behind Trump is, behind almost every modern president in terms of doing that. Uh, As an example, EPA has an administrator, uh, Scott Pruitt, confirmed. And we have two nominations before the Senate, essentially somewhere in the process. Uh, But almost there are more than a dozen uh, total, including Pruitt, Senate confirmations that are needed for EPA. So you really have Pruitt and a skeletal team over there. The problem with getting both of them to the floor 
is there's this kind of warfare now that's pretty open warfare in the EPW committee, the Environment Public Works Committee, basically a battle over trying to get information about Scott Pruitt, a big controversy over his travel records, how many times he's used public money to go back to Oklahoma. Uh, the Democrats, I think, feel very soured about you know, they're not getting the responses back from um, EPA, the things that they want to see. And so they're getting more and more reluctant to give the green light on these nominations. But if you take a step back, even if they get the two, those two through the committee, then they have essentially at that point three of 13 positions filled at EPA. Uh, I don't know how many more you could conceivably get by the end of this calendar year. We're talking about the head of their uh, air office, the head of their water office, solid waste, on and on and on. Solid waste office. There's a lot of, of, of sort of council, general council type positions um, that, that are key also to sort of running the agency that need to be done. Um, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, we've talked about this in the past, that they, they now have a quorum but barely, you know, to get decisions out. So that's going to be a a really big issue and we get toward the end of this year as to where we are. Are Democrats in a position where they want to move more quickly to move Trump's nominations, particularly as his his uh, public approval numbers fall? They have less incentive to sort of speedily give him what he needs. And number two, this central issue of the Trump administration being so slow to put these nominees over here into the Senate to get a vote on them. Um, is also going to have to change at some point. They're going to have to sort of pick up the pace from the White House if they want to fully staff their administration. That was Dean Scott along with his and my colleague Brian Dabb speaking with us on Capitol Hill. For more of their reporting on Congress, visit our website at bna.com. This episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself with help from Rachel Daigle, Patrick Ambrosio, and Jessica Coombs. The music for Parts Per Billion is A Message and 14 by Jazar. These tracks were used under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.